1: Welcome to the holiday edition of the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, the host of the program and also the producer. And we've got a, a barrel of apples today that we're going to be talking about. Cal Carson, my colleague here, is also going to be our special host for the program. And he's got a whole bunch of people in the studio to talk about Mac Group Detroit and about the Apple products coming up and what may be online for the Worldwide Developers Conference coming up in about 10 days. All that on the Internet Advisor. Well, Mr. Baker isn't with us because he's out uh, filming his portion, his version of Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) <laughs> I wonder which movie that would be. I hope oh. it's not Dead Man's Curse. Though. No, no, I hope not either. <laughs> Welcome, folks. Foster Brown, Cal Carson's voice you this turn, and Ed Riddell in-house here. Good to have you here, Eddie. Always great to be here, Foster. And uh, we mentioned the fact that uh, Mr. Baker is not in studio with us because uh, this weekend, uh, actually the last two weeks he's been out, uh, getting a boat
2: in uh, the Caribbean, quite literally. And you know what we probably should do is we should devote a show uh, on him and the technology that's on that boat. Oh yeah, because it would be interesting to know all the different things that he's using uh, in order to sail where he's going to be sailing at. Yeah,
3: yeah. Around the oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure he has GPS and he probably has an old fashioned sextant, right? Do um... <laughs> you think he would? Uh, that's
2: backup. Gotta have backup. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You you know, I, I'd like to know whether or not he would really, really be using a or Whether he he even knows how to use one. Gary's a fascinating guy. You know, he is,
3: not only is he, you know, been on 20 different companies that were Fortune 500s, (laughs) but he's also a, um, he was also a pilot. Yeah, yeah You right. know, yeah. He, Aircraft he did pilots. real estate, uh, several boards for banks. I mean, the guy knows everyone. And and I know he's alive because I saw him hit a like once or twice on Facebook. So <laughs> for all those, because we haven't heard from him in the last two weeks. That's right? true. We and it,
2: what's yeah. weird about it with the multitude of all the things that he knows and can do and has done mm. He still has to depend on Ed to fix his computer.
3: <laughs> well, the Windows computer. He'll, he brings the Macs into you.
2: Oh, well, the Macs he doesn't bring in hardly at all. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, I'm oh. not going to say that. I'm not going to even start <laughs> You're not even going to go there. <laughs> but well, he, really, he doesn't really when you think about Well, no, I take it back. He, he's always showing me his phone, and he's like, got this to do and that to do. So, you yeah, know, I'll give him that.
1: He is a Windows guy, though. He yes. is a Windows guy. Well today in studio we have the, the the majority of people who are here right now are Apple users. And have you ever used an Apple computer? I'm curious um the last few years I've been forced to
3: support people yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> but, and cal's you... been very diligent and and patient with me training me uh and, uh, and how to uh, find uh, things because the, the interfaces are similar mm-hmm. uh, they sometimes they just take a different tack to get to the same place mm-hmm. and they, they,
2: they've evolved differently and he's actually caught on quite well I mean you know in all seriousness you know it, it's just like you said. It, it's basically the same interface.
3: I look like a dog. You know when you ask a dog one of those questions and it turns its head sideways? <laughs> that's the way I have to think about Max. You see,
2: it's a good thing that, that you always call me on the telephone because I never get a chance to see you do that. <laughs> But that's pretty good. I'm teasing,
4: Cal. But yeah, but you,
2: you actually you actually have mastered a lot of the stuff that goes along with it. And, and, and basically, a computer is a computer. It's just a different way of doing the same thing on a different platform. That's all
1: right You know, uh, today... Is also, well, we're, this is the Memorial Day weekend, and uh, we have a salute to uh, veterans on our website. And we certainly want to uh, thank those who have served our country and the many different conflicts that have been out there and just in standing guard uh, over the country mm-hmm. for all the, well, 200 and some odd years that people have been standing guard in the armed forces here. We want to salute them for that. I saw an interesting article though, uh, just before uh, coming into the the show today, about how drone technology is being turned on and by um, ISIS. You know the uh, well any terrorist, yeah, uh, the, the terrorist organizations, and this they're they're taking off-the-shelf um, drone technology. That you know, in other words, you don't have to go any place in particular for this. You can get it out of China, for instance. And um, then they're uh, equipping them with uh, grenades and um, other kind of uh, device, IEDs, and also using them as spotters to be able to um, uh, know where to place mortar rounds.
2: Well, I, you know, I, it, we'd be naive to think that you know they weren't going to use that technology. I mean, everyone uses the technology if it's available there. That's exactly. It, it. As long as you got money, you
3: can get anything. Well, you I want. mean, you could take a simple uh, device like a cell phone and they turn it into a detonate detonation device. You could, yep. So, I mean, if you're if you're if you're, slant it that way, you're gonna you're gonna use the tools you have available.
1: And what I found fascinating is how, uh, on this Memorial Day, how warfare is changing. Um, you know, and even to the extent that it's not so much um, uh, a group of soldiers against another group of soldiers, as it is technology versus technology, like with this. So I was, as we were driving over here, I was talking with Ed about this uh, drone technology. What has done it with the uh, the use of um, drones by uh, these uh, uh, terrorist
2: organizations is it has spurred on the development of the anti-drone technology. Oh, yeah. I mean, if there's, a, if there's a market for something to be done, it's going to be created. Yep. And so, you know, yeah, if someone's doing something wrong with a, a device, there'll be someone else that's going to do something right with it or something to counteract it. Same with the software. You know, there are people who put out malware, and then there's people who put out stuff to kill malware. Yeah. So, you know, as long as there's an opportunity there, and in most cases a buck, uh, it's going to happen, yeah, but, but they're they're taking the, the technology that's available. Started in 2014, apparently
1: that they began seeing them using these uh, these drones um, in a kind of a tactical way.
2: What's really funny when you mentioned about uh, uh, techno- warfare technology being technology against technology instead of people against people, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny. I was watching the movie Guardians of the Galaxy last <laughs> night, and uh, in that movie, they're battling. Uh, this one group is battling another group, and they're all these uh, spaceships flying after these other ones and shooting at them, but none of the people are in the spaceships. They're all back at the planet, in little pods, doing them remotely. <laughs> that oh, sure. Why yeah. risk? The,
3: you
1: know, the human. Why, life? Why risk it was almost life like a game limb. to them? Yeah. It was
3: almost like a game. Yeah, to them. pretty much. And, then you know, they they would throw a tantrum like a little child every time, every lost. time they got blown up. and it's Oh, now I'm out of the game. Yeah, <laughs> You know, that's what it was portrayed but as. But
2: that's what they're doing nowadays. I mean, during the Iraq confrontation in, in Afghanistan, they, they, they've they had robots that would go in to mm-hmm. search the tunnels. The guys are, you know, miles away from them. While and they're doing very it.
1: grateful to be miles away. Oh, yeah. When you think in Vietnam, the tunnel rats. Oh, yeah. They used to have to go down to the, oh, my.
2: Those guys were guts, you know, I oh. tell you.
1: And brave, brave people for going down there. Well, uh, salute to all of our military personnel on this Memorial Day. And Cal, you have got a wonderful group of people in studio here to talk about Apple. This program is dedicated to a whole barrel full of apples. We'll be coming back to that in just a moment. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, and on this Memorial Day weekend, we have a very special show here, and uh, we are be focusing on Apple. Uh, Apple has got a, a very big uh, conference coming up in about 10 days. It's called the Worldwide Developers Conference, and in that, and they they do a very good job of keeping secrets. Am I right, Cheetah? <laughs> Hang on a second. Move forward. There you go. Get the microphone a little closer to you. There you are. Yeah. <laughs> they, Apple does a very good job of uh, keeping under cover any kind of new products that they've got coming out.
0: Well, that's necessary. You think so? I absolutely think so.
1: Get the microphone a little closer to you. There you go. There you go. Okay. Why do you think it is that necessary to keep it them so secretive?
0: Well, you don't want... Uh, you don't want your ideas stolen. Okay. And you want to make sure that you, you know, you want, when you surprise people, you want to get the you know, biggest bang for your buck. But I think uh, as far as privacy, um, their products, I think it's necessary to keep a wrap on them until they actually come out.
1: Mm, okay, and that's happening on June the 5th and 6th. We, that was uh, Cheetah Hunter, who was a tech trainer and part of Mac Group Detroit. Also in studio with us is Jim Cutler, who is a network and systems expert, and he's also with Mac Group.
4: Jim, you going to say something? Well, a- another comment for not telling about new products. I've worked in product development with sales groups, they'll sell what you don't have to deliver. Well, uh. not selling what you're hoping what you have out to deliver already so mm-hmm. you don't want them to get ahead of you.
1: Yeah, when yeah. They sell. Exactly. Well, they have, Apple has been notori- no, notorious but they've been famous for having keeping their wraps on things and doing a very 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 good job of that. Um what kind of things do you expect to see coming out, Jim, in in, in this next uh, worldwide developers conference?
4: Well, I'm I'm hoping they get more into Swift and, and how to use it because the documentation on it. That's the new compilers and stuff for building It's a new language. For, kind it's of a, a language, yes. right. Um, not Jonathan. <laughs> Swift, that is. And it's used for uh, both the Mac and the phones and is also available for use on other products. And it looks like it's pretty easy to use. I've, I've looked at some software development that's been going on with, uh, in particular, the Elect eclectic light company and uh, really, really some neat stuff um how much they'll talk about the physical technology the hardware technology i, I really don't know mm. i i expect to see a new iphone in the fall as as usual right, right, right. probably if there if it works the <laughs> fingerprint sensor through the screen but I mostly worry about making sure that I keep up with the beta software so that I can support the friends and family and clients. Yeah, and, and yeah. I can make the mistakes before they do, so I can <laughs> warn them. That Ed, that's a, a tech uh,
1: service men's or service person's motto, isn't it?
4: I'm, well, I'm
3: really surprised Jim still has that passion to do that. I, I feel like you know I'm really not downloading betas anymore. I just I just don't do that anymore. And and for him to still do that and still have that passion and drive, that's amazing. You know, and and but but you're also a programmer too. I mean, you you dabble, have dabbled.
4: Yeah, I, I'm more more of a mess cleaner upper or, or a fixer. Uh, yeah, both in hardware and software designs through my career. So, uh, and I try to fix things that that Apple changes mysteriously. <laughs> I know my way around a plist. That's a preference file that applications use, and find mysterious things like inboxes disappearing because somehow. The inbox got a filter that looked for unread. Who knows where? Yeah, there's no user interface for it, so it it really has, is kind of it's it's my brand of puzzles as opposed to Dungeons and Dragons or. or Good whatever. point.
1: You what's know, interesting? Well said. Yeah, uh, cheetah hunter. You you're a trainer by by trade, right?
0: Absolutely. Uh, yes. And
1: but what's kind of interesting about that is, I to my mind, is that. Um, Apple has been great at training people to use the software, but in many ways, they built the system in such a way that you can't crack into it. They don't want you, you know, tearing apart. I'm thinking of Windows, where, you know, people will go behind the scenes in Windows and, and tweak things, and there's all sorts of tweaks. It's like they don't want you getting in there and messing things up.
0: Uh, I don't know if I totally agree with that. Um... Apple makes products that are easy to use. Uh, a lot of people when they want to use programs, it's like a car, fast car. They want to drive it. They, mm-hmm. don't, they don't they don't care how the inner to work, they yeah. just wanna drive it. And they make the programs Easy for you to use uh, intuitive for you to figure out uh, most people don't want to go in and have to tweak it they don 't want to have to build it they just want to use it absolutely so in that instance, Apple makes products that are I believe very very intuitive for you to use. There are some aspects of it where you you know you do have to you know use some of your brain cells but, <laughs> but for the most part the the software is intuitive, and it's easy to use. It's easy to follow. It's like, okay, you, you're you sort of led to that next step.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kel, uh, we've had another person join us in the conversation. Why don't you introduce him?
2: Well, the next person that we have on Mike's side now is a gentleman that I've been at the pleasure of uh, associating with for some time. And uh, in full disclosure, he is also uh, associated with Apple, but he is not here to speak for Apple. He is a member of the Mac group, of course, and that is Dave McGuire. Welcome, Dave.
5: Hi, thanks for having me again.
2: Good, good, Dave. It's good to
1: have you back here with us. Matter of fact, uh, tomorrow you are going to be the uh, featured speaker at Mac Group Detroit, I understand. That is correct. Yep. And uh, what's your topic
5: going to be? Uh topic is going to be on passwords and uh, uh-huh. password management. Uh-huh. Very important. And just
2: to let people know out there, the MAC group meeting will be at – it starts at 2 o'clock with our genius table, which Sheeta is a member of. And then the actual main meeting starts at 3, uh, and then it runs from 3 until 5 the first part of the main meeting will be uh, a question and answer. So if anyone has any questions they do want to propose to the in- entire mm-hmm. group, they can at that time. And then we turn it over to Dave and then Dave will do his presentation on passwords. Uh, where, where is the meeting going to be at? That'll be at the Birmingham Temple, okay. which is on 12 Mile Road in Farmington Hills, Michigan. And you can get all that information yep. by going to macgroup.org and you can also link to it off our website right. at internetadvisor.net. Yeah,
1: we have a link there for that as well. And uh, I'm by the way, I have been a very satisfied customer at the, at the uh, Genius Bar. <laughs> Glad to hear it. I've had a, Yeah, I brought my, uh, my questions to them, and they've been really great in uh, helping with that. Why don't you, Cal, maybe since we've got everybody here who are gathered in the studio, talk a little bit about the Mac Group Detroit and uh, maybe some of its history and how people have gotten involved in it. We can find out maybe also the history that you folks have with Mac Group.
2: Well, Mac Group has been around for, uh, correct me, Shida, it's over 30 years now? Yes. Well, we're going
0: into our thirty-fifth, 31st year uh, in August. All right.
2: Yeah, it's been around for 30 years. It was originally founded by Terry White. Uh, who, I remember that, yeah. who started the Mac Group uh, many, many years ago. Uh, he had a printing business and he also had a, uh, a, a, a training business that he had. And he uh, formed a Mac Group. He had started and it was like a basic sort of uh, meet and greet sort of thing. People would actually, are you ready for this? bring their desktop computer oh. to the meeting oh. and then they would uh, discuss them go over them uh, uh, exchange uh, shareware and that sort of thing yeah yeah and it would just be a general uh you know like a big hey i'm having problems with this or i, I want to learn how to do that type meeting and you come in and you learn those sort of things yep. Yep. and then it just built on from there to more and more and more and then as the apple uh product line expanded from more than just the mac uh, to phones to tablets and that right. sort of thing the mac group expanded as well along with that particular thing and then people from all walks of life would come in to, to 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 learn about the mac and it was just a way for people to share and and learn and it was just a a great experience going on do you find that the that the newer generation if you a younger generation
1: are as quick to get involved in the mac group as um
2: People who've been around for some of those 35 years? We have found, at least, and I'll speak first and I'll let my other members speak as well, but uh, I've found that uh, the younger people are used to the Internet more. And they've been driving all their information from the Internet uh, because they've had that convenience where when the Mac group was con- conceived, there was no Internet mm. and that sort of thing. But I think when you have something that is attractive to people, regardless of whatever the age group is, they will tend to gravitate to it uh, in any way possible, mm-hmm. whether that be a user group or via the Internet. Uh, Dave, uh, Jim, what, what do you think, Jim?
4: Well, I, I think you, what you said is exactly right, but the other influence is the uh, Apple stores themselves.
1: Ah, that's true. Because
4: they provide the training for the new user. Yep. And the my experience with the Apple geniuses in, in training, I brought in a 70-year-old woman uh, one time, and the Mac genius spent half an hour just walking her through this-is-a-mouse kind of yeah. conversation. <laughs> and I walked out of there with... Uh, a brand new laptop and printer and so on with her, and she's very happy with it. Still using it, and that was uh, several years ago. That is interesting, very um, interesting. Yeah, but uh, whether the new user is is old or young, that experience at the Apple Store has made a tremendous difference. Mm. But, Tim, how long have you been around the uh, the Mac Group? Uh, I've been with Mac
5: Group since two thousand three okay uh like terry i was in the printing and typesetting business oh really and we actually one day uh, had an issue come up and the internet was fairly new sort of back then and i went looking for an answer and i found it on the mac group website Ah. Uh, showed up at the next meeting uh, to learn about it and immediately joined um, because i saw the value in it Yeah, yeah immediately because i was able to get an answer for our question um, mm-hmm. Almost next day.
1: Yeah, Sheena, How about you? Right. How long were you? Uh, have you been involved with the Mac Group?
0: I've been a member of the Mac Group. <laughs> I've been a member of the Mac Group since 1993. Oh my goodness! Yes.
1: Wow, one was, of the
0: founding members. Was, I'm not a founding member. I was darn I, close, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I got involved with the Mac Group because I. I got a new Mac computer, and it was one of those little things that looked like a television. And I told you the story before, but I love telling it. I sat in front of my computer for like 16 hours a day teaching myself. I had a little bottle of Tylenol sitting on top of the television. <laughs> on, on top of the, you know, I call it a television, but I, I had it sitting on top of the, the, the Monitor, unit. The unit yeah. And I... Just loved it. I could not get away from it. It was wow. just so mesmerizing, and I'm from the architectural field. My, wow. you know, and I'm I'm used to seeing just fantastic, you know, renderings and drawings done, and when I first um, saw the Mac, a friend of mine had just purchased one, and she was telling me all of the things that she was going to do with it because she was a graphics professional. Mm. And I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, what is that thing going to do for me? Mm-hmm. And the rest is history, and it's historic for me because it changed my life. That's fascinating. Uh, yeah. That's I was I was mesmerized with it. I loved uh, just figuring things out. Yeah. And and I I actually did CAD drawings on that little nine by oh my whatever <laughs> it was. It was wonderful.
1: It's interesting that uh, two of the people in here came from other fields, if you will, and then got involved.
0: <coughs> me,
1: with the Mac, uh, with the Mac platform world. Yeah, yeah the platform exactly. Right. When we come back, let's uh, continue our conversation. I'm interested about operating systems with Apple, and I want to ask a question of the gathered experts who are in studio here. Back with our special Apple program in just a moment. Welcome once again to the Internet Advisor. Eric Dorsch. thank you very much. Our engineer extraordinaire behind the glass. And... Uh <laughs> That's nice. He can he can arrange his own round of applause. <laughs> I'm telling you, what a deal, eh? <laughs> hey, Cal, we we're talking about uh, the Mac Group uh, here in the Detroit area and uh, all things Apple. But uh, we've heard from these other uh, folks in the studio here, Cheetah Hunter and Dave McGuire and Tim Cutler, about how they got involved with with Apple and with the Mac Group. Uh, how about you? How about you? Have you? Always
2: been an Apple person. For our program, you are. You are the expert. I was kidnapped when I was a young child. (laughs) Uh, What happened, I think, uh, let's see. I I wasn't always an Apple person. I I actually was a a Windows guy and was uh, helping support when uh, they had Windows 3.1. Oh, my. Six billion years ago. And we had that using Windows 3.1 with uh, Novell uh, for the networking system. And uh, we had a small group that was supporting, uh, believe it or not, uh, an Iranian uh, project that they were about to build a plant in Iran for building General Motors products. And Mm -hmm. um, this was just before the crisis came up. So uh, this one particular group was buying equipment up like crazy for this project. And one of the things they wanted to do is they wanted to set up a small network with computers and a laser printer. And laser printers weren't big back then. They were mm, dot no. matrix printers, right? Exactly. And so I got I got tagged for the uh, helping with the project only because I knew how to put cables together, <laughs> but I didn't know how to put the right cables ah. together. But I could make cables that shouldn't be working work. Uh-huh. And so uh, I, I they actually sent me to school, and I learned how to use Apple Talk, which uh, and Local Talk, which was using uh, telephone uh, R J. RJ11 cables to hook up a network with. And so I hooked up this first uh, Macintosh network for these guys to use. And so I was, you know, I was learning as I was going along. And I was looking in the newspaper in the classified ads, the newspaper, remember those things? (laughs) And in the classified ads, there was a little tiny ad in, in the area that said, Mac group users group meeting in Southfield. And I go like, I didn't know what a Mac group, users group was, but it said something about Macintosh. And I said, well, let me go find out. Yeah. And it was in the basement of Terry's training uh, facility that he had in Southfield. And went there and uh, one meeting and I was hooked. Ah. Because I, 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 like Dave, I walked in with a desire to get some information. Mm-hmm. And I walked out with an answer plus. Mm. And I was very happy with that type of experience. And so it was great. People were friendly. And, uh, you, and it was interesting. So it was well worth the, the adventure. So that's the reason why I did it.
1: Am I right? Everyone seems to have used the word intuitive in one way or the other. Yes. That Apple is, is essentially a very intuitive system. Mm. Jim, did, would, did you agree with that in terms of your
4: experience? Well, mostly. The, my first experience with a little baby Mac, the first really usable one, was back in about 88, and I nearly threw wow. it out the wind, 12th <laughs> floor of a building, because I, I had been working with Windows, of course. Mm-hmm. I opted away from three-one after finding out you had to be a disc jockey to use it, <laughs> um, and I wanted to rename a new folder that I made. There was a menu entry for a new folder, so I made mm-hmm. a new folder, and I couldn't find the menu entry for rename. Ah... Uh. <laughs> and it's not intuitive that you just go ahead and type on it. At least it wasn't until you'd done it at least once. Ah, and then it was as natural as breathing. But until you. somebody has shown you, that's interesting. It, that's it, it can be other than intuitive. I, I have found, however, that uh, all of the Mac interfaces are mm-hmm. much better for people who have uh, distractibility problems, verbal problems, really, sort of the ADD spectrum people. How so? they, they do much better than the DOS style of interface, which was popular when, or the only thing almost available. Right, right, right. Where you type commands in. Yeah. Okay. Know. That's interesting.
2: You know, she'd have brought up a, an interesting thing during the break, and I'd like her to elaborate on it, about the makeup of the type of people
0: that come to a Mac group meeting, because they're not all Mac users, correct? Correct. Um, one thing that's really interesting is that we have Mac users, we have uh, Windows users, and we do have questions that pop up uh, from people who do have both systems and, mm-hmm. and even at the Genius table we have someone um, who... You can just ask him a question. Uh, he's, he's wonderful, and, mm-hmm. and I hope Jack realizes that. And you can ask Jack a question. He'll just know the answer to it. So we have um, Windows people and we have Mac people who we intermingle, we ask questions, and we know who to point what question to right. when people come in with a question. So we get a lot of diverse people in our group, mm. and uh, you, you can get all your questions answered. It's just great.
2: Because the products themselves are diverse in themselves— I mean, for example, you have an iPhone, but if you're going to back up that iPhone, you can back it up on a Mac or you can back it up on a Windows machine. And with iTunes, correct? correct. iTunes, yeah, right, because right. iTunes works on both platforms. Right, right and that's so There are many people who are involved in, in the business community that they'll create something on a Windows machine, and then their question is, uh, oh, I got this presentation I created, and I have to give it to the advertising people that we're contracted with, but they all have Macs. Is this going to work over there? Mm-hmm. And we have answers for those sort of things to be able to help people out with that sort of thing. You know, you've mentioned about business people, and it kind of triggered a question in my mind, and let's just
1: throw this out to all of you. Uh, why hasn't uh, Apple made more of a, an inroad? In the business world and the enterprise world, it seems that that's pretty well owned by Windows. Am I? And first of all, my
2: premise is it's owned by Windows. Is that right or is that wrong? The enterprise, I would say, is definitely a Windows okay. world. Uh, I know that. I would say that Apple has done substantial things to make the uh, OS X platform function within the Windows environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I actually work that every day. That's part of my primary responsibility. Uh, but once again, it's going where the money is. And at at, at the time, there were more Windows machines out there than there were Mac machines and more people who are familiar with Windows machines, and especially in the Mm, business mm, environment mm, because they grew up with the DOS and that sort of thing. And so, therefore, because of that, that's the reason why the enterprise grew up around that. Plus, the enterprise was built by... Microsoft for the okay. most part. Okay. So it's so, kind of yeah. So and, it's going and, to all be home. And, and
4: Steve didn't really want to mess with uh, the enterprise business. Hmm. Um, you have to deal with bean counters too much, and that wasn't his style. No, certainly not. Yeah. And, and if you've if you've watched Apple marketing over the years, as I have, they've been very inconsistent in both education and enterprise uh, markets in in what they're offering and also how they're offering it. Whereas uh, for the home user, the iPhone user, uh, the photographer, it's been pretty constant. Mm -hmm.
1: Dave, were you going to comment?
4: Yeah. um, Actually, on the educational side, um, Apple's
5: made very good inroads multiple times um, in that market. Uh, Currently, the big focus seems to be um, using iPads. In the classroom, yes, <laughs> um, I I see a number of school districts and teachers that are like, yeah, we've got these iPads now. It's it's easier than trying to have a laptop in each classroom. So yep. where the beam counters come in, it, I think it's probably a better move for them to go with the iPads than have to put a computer in each room mm. and then set up the networking for all those computers. Get, I, I'm
1: going to confirm that. in my I have a grandson who's second year in med school, and um, uh, he got an iPad Pro. And he got an iPad pro precisely because he doesn't have to carry five hundred pounds of books around with him, right All those books are on his mm-hmm. iPad pro, mm-hmm. and he can annotate pages, he can you know do all sorts of things correct. It's really rich. It was interesting. um I was talking with one of his brothers about that, and he was saying that that has been a huge advantage to him as a med student
4: um, and th- i My daughter is an outside salesman for Cosmo Pro and visits hair salons and the like Mm. and sells all kinds of good stuff and i've watched her progress from a windows laptop to a older ipad to the ipad pro and i think uh apple has finally hit a sweet spot there with the usability both in performance and capacity Mm. Mm. as well as networking with the Mm. ipad pro the with especially with the attached keyboard
1: yeah (laughs) Oh, that's interesting, too. Yes, the, the attached keyboard. I, it it's almost seems like the two main competitors for, if you will, Mindshare, I don't know what you would call it, um, are the, uh, the Surface, Microsoft Surface, and the iPad Pro seem to be sure, yeah. kind of going head-to-head for, um, for the yeah, market. There's now.
5: a good competition there. Mm-hmm. But, I think, I think she had had something. I'm so. sorry. Well,
0: asked. no, I was just going to elaborate on uh, being on an educator's point of view uh, because I do teach at Schoolcraft College, mm. and I teach in the professional development department. And when I first saw the iPad, I knew exactly what I could use it for. As being an instructor, I also carried loads and loads and loads sure. of books and instruction yeah. manuals with me. Mm-hmm. And now everything is on that iPad. And all of my notes, I can you know send things to my students, and they can access them as well um, full multimedia full multimedia yes and i think I think one of the messages that 's coming across and what we 're talking
2: about right now is not so much uh, yes we 're tooting our horn because we 're Apple people, and we like apple products and and that sort of thing, but the greater message to it is that. We're not just an island out here by ourselves. Uh, Apple and the rest of the world or Windows or whatever you want to call it all have to coexist because they're not going to go away. No. It's going to always be here anyway. And and learning how to understand both platforms and how to coexist in it is, you know, is of greater value to you than not. Well, what
1: I find fascinating is also, excuse me, and we're going to take a break in just a moment, but what I find fascinating is that I can, for instance, I have a, a new um, uh, iPad Pro, uh, one of the the ones that came out last year. And uh, I can load all of my Microsoft Office uh, apps onto that. Yep. So I, I have all my functionality there. You know, I don't have to go someplace else. I'm not... I guess what I'm trying to say is that Microsoft also is working with Apple in exactly. that sense of uh, of enabling their software to work in this world as well. Mm-hmm. And they and I think that's why I asked the question about the enterprise. It would seem to be that there's this content is on the Apple, you know, on the Macintoshes, on the on the computers, why in the world doesn't it have a better hold in the enterprise system? Well
2: the other the other problem with the enterprise is this. It now you have to play by the enterprise rules. And those rules can sometimes be sketchy depending on how that enterprise is is configured. And when you have a operating system like they have on the Mac and especially the operating system like they have on iOS, where it's locked to a point to be secure and it's not as open for uh, uh, interpretation and and development in in, in the case that it doesn't have rules for you to follow, then now that makes it a a challenge to work in enterprise. Because in enterprise, a lot of times, in addition to following the rules of the enterprise, sometimes you just have to make things work. Mm-hmm. Even when you don't, you know, the square pig in a round hole. And sometimes that's not a good thing to do. Mm. Uh, we're going to take a break, uh, and uh, our guests
1: in studio are uh, Cheetah Hunter, Dave McGuire, and Jim Cutler, along with, of course, our Mac man, <laughs> Cal Carson, who is in studio here. And we're talking about Mac Group Detroit. They're going to have their meeting uh, coming up tomorrow. And that will be
2: at the Birmingham Temple, am I right? That is correct. And that is on? West 12 Mile Road in Farmington Hills, Michigan. And you can find out all the information on that at mattgroup.org.
1: And at 2 o'clock it starts, right?
2: At 2 o'clock we have our genius table that's open where you can come in with your computer if you like or whatever device and our geniuses will look at it. By the way, my suggestion is get there early. (laughs) True, <laughs> Right, Dave?
1: Yeah. So you can get some help. Jim, you had a comment to make. When we come back after the break, I want to hear what your thoughts are. Uh, you're listening to the Internet Advisor. Again, thank you to Eric Dorsch, who's been uh, helping us as our engineer here. And uh, we'll be back to talk some more Apple in just a moment. By the way, I want to remind you folks that uh, this second hour coming up is our question and answer period and uh, Ed Riddell's going to step back in studio we we ran out of microphone so Ed <laughs> has stepped out graciously in order to allow us to have our all yeah. of our guests in studio yeah while we he count. stepped out graciously
2: i know why he stepped
1: out but that's okay taking a nap i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> In any case, uh, the second hour is going to be uh, your questions. And by the way, uh, since it's a holiday weekend, you have an opportunity to get in right away. And the number is 800-859-0957. That's yes, 800.
2: pretend that you're in Chicago. Call in early, call often. <laughs> and, 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 and Foster, we have to remember, too, uh, we're not just taking Mac questions. We will take any questions that they have on the Internet or technology. Yep.
1: That's coming up an Hour and Hour 2, 800-859-0957 is a the number there. And uh, we'll start doing that after the top of the hour. Uh, uh, Jim, you had
4: a comment you wanted to make. Jim Cutler. Well, Sheeta reminded me of my aha moment for the iPad. I, of course, take care of a lot of different networks with a lot of different components and routers have default passwords and special ways to access them and all that kind of thing. So, whenever I go to work on one, I download the manual and use it. And I realized the minute that I saw the iPad the uh, iPad mini that that was something that I could carry around mm. to all the sites and uh, have the router or whatever equipment in, manual in that and mm-hmm. have it available. And uh, to get a little more modern, now it also has the owner's manual for my car. And it also has the owner's manual for my wife's car. And it has documents that just show the fuse block, which are excerpts from that. So I can find them right away. And and You know, you have just triggered something for me. That is an excellent idea. I had not thought of that. And then, of course, I have all of the take control books involving uses of the mac os and, and mm. phones and the operating systems as well mm-hmm. and they're also on the on my yeah. ipad it's now my. what's really interesting to, to, to note too
2: is the fact of the matter is that even though he has those all on his ipad you can always put them on the smaller form factor too if you have an iphone plus you can load those same documents on there as well yeah, correct right.
4: you yes you have to make sure your glasses are clean <laughs> but other than that, I have, I have <laughs> sat with my iPhone 6 and read a 400 page document. Yeah. Now, yeah. obviously, if on a bigger screen, it'd be only 200 pages or something. Yeah, or something yeah. Like, yeah. Bigger right. is
2: always better. Yeah. Sheeta, you had something that you uh, wanted to highlight for us?
0: Well, I wanted to really stress what Mac Group Detroit does. Please do. And we are a group of volunteers, we help people who have Apple products. And you can come in. You, can, you you visit our meetings for free. We do presentations about software. We advise on um, hardware, and you get answers to your questions. We're actually like a family. Some of us have uh, been in the group longer than I have, and I've been. I'm a lifetime member. I've been mm-hmm. you know a member since 1993, and. You you come in, you talk with people about what's going on, Uh, you learn. And that is the greatest thing about this group. You are never uh, too knowledgeable to still learn about what's going on with the software and 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 what you're working with and with the new products that apple keeps coming out with it just gives us more and more to work with Mm -hmm. um as a trainer i work with people who they yeah you have videos online you have youtube and i have a youtube channel as well but they want that interaction they want to be able to talk to someone Mm -hmm. and be able to ask those questions and i think that Stressing that we are face to face, you get answers to your questions. Right. You get some really great people to interact with. And, We're like a family.
1: And I can say, I, I can tell you from having been a, a customer at the uh, at the Genius Bar that you get a number of people pitching in, yes. helping with your with your problems. Yes. Now you mentioned member Dave membership. Uh, how much is membership in the group? I
5: believe membership is forty dollars a year. Okay. Um, you can. You're always welcome to come to a meeting. Uh, your first meeting is free. Yeah. Uh, okay. so at that point, you, you know, no, you're not out any cash Yeah. And hopefully you'll find something that gives you that aha moment or yeah. value in yeah. being with a group of people that, you know, they've got, they may have the same question you do mm. and it can be answered. And if not, there's a number of people that are willing to dig for that answer mm-hmm. and help because like a family, we help each other.
1: Yep. Yep, I love that attitude. I got, a,
2: I got a great question I'd like to ask <laughs> Dave if I could. Dave, you do a lot of instruction for the group. You, you come in and you train on stuff just like you're going to do tomorrow. Right. Uh, tell me why you do this. Because you're not getting paid to do it. You're doing this that's out true. of the goodness of your heart. So yes. tell me why you do this.
5: Um, my wife thinks it's because I want to get away from her. <laughs> but that's <laughs> not true. Um, I do it because um, I believe in the products that Apple puts out. I believe in the, the group mentality that we have with Mac Group Detroit. And I think there's just a whole lot of friendliness and knowledge that gets shared every time we have a meeting. And even on our online site, looking at our, uh, the forum boards that we have at macgroup.org, you can find people asking questions and getting your answers. And there's just no price you can put on that. Absolutely. Well, uh, I
1: go ahead,
2: Cal. I'm sorry. No, no, you um, were gonna ask Jim a question.
4: I uh no, Jim, you had your, you were gonna say something, I think. Yeah, one of the other really great things about Mac Group is is you don't ever have to be embarrassed about asking a question. Whether right. whether you're a newbie or Season been around for it? a few years like I have, I ask well, I would say my time near the genius table is split close to 50-50 between asking questions uh. and answering questions. <laughs> I like that. And I've been around a long time. so. Um, and uh, along with, with Dave, uh, one of the reasons I do it, what are, what better way to show the love to, of your fellow man than to share whatever you sure. have with them? sure. It's an excellent point. It's a wonderful group. I
1: I, I can tell folks that uh, from my experience there, there's a tremendous sense of camaraderie. Yes. It's, yeah. a, very, it's a really neat. Uh, something that I hadn't um, experienced before. And rather than
5: just a group of people who are techies, uh, it's as you said, it's kind of like family. You mm-hmm. know. Right. And the, one of the nicest things is if you have a question. It's probably going to be answered in plain English yes. <laughs> rather than in techies, which yeah. I think goes a long way yeah. for taking the fear out of asking that question. Yep. Yep. very, uh, very.
2: I believe, uh, and Sheeta, you could probably uh, confirm this for me, our oldest member is like in her 90s? Uh,
0: yes. Uh, I believe she's 92. Oh, wow. Yes. That's, how long has she been around? Uh, She was one of the, I believe, in the founding group of people. No kidding. that is fascinating.
2: She's been been around for quite a while. Comes to darn near every meeting. I love it. We see her on a very, very regular basis. Mm -hmm. And we have young folks who also come out to the meetings as well, too. Uh, Folks in their teens. Sometimes families will come out. Uh, You'll have a father and son and that sort of thing. I remember, and and I'll always remember this, even though I don't remember their names, but it was the father and son that came out on a regular basis. And the first time we gave away a, a Mac laptop in a contest, that sun one that left that, that oh, It was really a cool
1: time. That is really cool. Okay. Uh, we are going to be uh, taking a break in just a moment as we head towards uh, the news at the top of the hour. And then in our second hour, uh, we're going to open up our phone lines at 800-859-0957. And if you happen to have a question, it doesn't have to be about uh, Macs or Apple. It can be about Windows as well. Ed, we're going to get Ed back in here so he can help us as well, although Cal has... Has
2: uh, worked uh, sometimes solo. <laughs> I, I, I really don't want to step into head shoes anytime. No, I'm just kidding. But, yeah, I, I can do both sides of the fence, but, you know, I know where my love is. <laughs> all right. That's all coming up in the second hour of the Internet
1: Advisor on this Memorial Day weekend. Hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, Kind of a a view of the uh, Mac Group Detroit, which has been meeting now for 31
0: years. Right, Sheeta? Yes, we will have our 31st anniversary in August.
1: Sheeta Hunter, thank you so much for being here. Dave McGuire and Jim Cutler, you as well, for being part of our program here. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. Cal? We're going to get ourselves ready for the second hour. Oh, you sure are. Roll up your sleeves and get ready to answer some questions, okay? Okay, sir. I'm here. I'm ready. I'll do anything you have to do. All right. And we're coming back in just a moment after the news at the top of the hour, and we'll start taking your calls at 800-859-0957 on the Internet Advisor. It's hour number two, your questions, and we're going to find you some answers as well.